From the Orange County Fire Authority, this is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host. All right, welcome to the fifth podcast of 2021. This is Kenny Dossie, Deputy Chief of the Emergency Operations Bureau. Uh, Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. Um, We're going to dedicate the entire podcast uh, to behavioral health. Uh, We're just finishing up here on Suicide Awareness Month, and we thought it would be definitely applicable to uh, bring some of our subject matter experts in here and interview them and ask them some general questions. So today's uh, guest, I have Captain Lee Cabrera. Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And also, I have risk manager, Rhonda Haynes. Thanks, Steve. And uh, before we jump into it too much more, I just want to review why we're doing this podcast. This is about getting the message out. It's just another way to communicate. Uh, we're still using all of our other methods, whether they're handbooks, SOPs, general orders. This is almost like a station visit and just another means to communicate. So um, with that being said, I'll go ahead and uh, jump into this. I've got some questions for them. And I'll just start with number one, and we'll start with Lee, if you're okay with going first here. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your fire service career. Got it, yeah. Um, I've been a firefighter for uh, 21 years. Uh, I started my career uh, about 2001, Rialto Fire Department, very small department, San Marino County. Uh, I was there only about a year. I I left uh, Rialto, I went to Arcadia Fire Department as a uh, uh, firefighter paramedic. Spent about five years there. In uh, 2006, I took the uh, lateral paramedic uh, exam, came to Orange County, and I've been here ever since. Uh, so I kind of worked my way up through the ranks, firefighter, medic, uh, promoted to captain about five years ago, and for the last two years, um, been on the uh, 3631 executive board, uh, initially as a secretary, then the last two years as a, a director. Good. Yeah, thanks. That's a, that's a good background. I appreciate that. And uh, Rhonda, what about you? Well, I started uh, my public service career with the county of Riverside, actually, um, handling work-related injuries. And I uh, handled work-related injuries starting back in about 19, and for the over the last 25 years, that's been my career, in addition to uh, human resources. So I served as a risk manager for the city of San Bernardino prior to coming to Orange County Fire Authority, and I am currently serving in that capacity. Good. All right. Thanks. Um, I, I think the second part of that question or the follow-up, and I'll just go in the same order, Lee, I'll ask you first, is how did you get involved specifically with the behavioral health aspect of uh, here in the Fire Authority? Yeah, you know, um, ultimately a, uh, a tragedy had to happen for me to get involved in this, and that tragedy happened to be uh, Eric Weave's suicide. Um, I, I was a, a firefighter paramedic at Station 64, um, on C shift with Eric, I was on the engine, he was on the truck. And, um, honestly, we just, we saw things play out over the course of several years and we didn't know what to do. Right. Um, we didn't have much training at that time on, you know, red flags, what we were seeing, where to go, who to call, where could we, where could we send them if, if we needed to send them anywhere. Um, so we, we just had a lot of, a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of, a lot of red flags were missed, uh, by myself and, and others. And, you know, ultimately over the course of several years, you know, it, it ended with him committing suicide. 
uh, following that, you know, did a lot of self-reflection, um, you know, amongst myself, you know, had a lot of, uh, survivor's guilt for, for what had happened and, you know, Hey, I should have, I should have done this. I should have talked to him here. I should have pushed more. Um, but what do you do when somebody says they're good? Right. You know, we, we ask that we ask that question all the time. I remember say, Hey, I'm, I'm fine. So it really puts us in a weird spot because, you know, what do we do? So, um, after that, you know, I just, what, what I saw happen to Eric and the lack of resources we had at that time and the lack of inaction from a lot of people, myself included, um, I don't want to go through that again. I don't want, I don't want, you know, another, uh, fellow firefighter to go through that, go through that. I don't want, um, us as employees to go through that as well. So, you know, I got involved with, with uh, the peer support team initially, and then I got involved in the uh, uh, in the union. And you know, really, uh, a credit a lot of credit goes out to you know Jonathan Willie, which initially got got this program rolling, and, and Fire Captain John Clone, uh, President Bear Hunter at the time, and continued by uh, President Staging. Um, so you know, that's basically how I got involved in, in, a, in a nutshell. Just you know, I, I thought it was horrible horrible tragedy what happened, and wanted to. Uh, improve um you know our resources that are available to members when they're going through struggles i think that's great that's a that's a great follow-up for you you know you you saw something and you jumped right into it and, and i don't think you're the only one that felt that way after after the tragic event so uh thank you for uh, getting involved and stepping up uh, we appreciate it Rhonda, how about you how did you get involved with behavioral health Interestingly, my career path uh, dealing with injuries throughout the course over my years dealt with all types of injuries. My human resources background dealt with EAP, Employees Assistance Program. So unfortunately, in that particular area, you deal with all types of injuries, mental, physical, emotional. Um, and that's what I've been dealing with over the last few years. When Jonathan Wilby, who was the prior risk manager, left a couple of years ago, almost, almost a year ago, mm -hmm. um, I was placed into his role and became a part of this behavioral health program, evaluated, looked at it, and got the opportunity to work with Lee 3631 and some of our members and to help with the process of the behavioral health program. So over the last year, I've been more immersed in the depths of behavioral health than I have in the past. So pretty much is my start and my career has taken me through the behavioral health path in one way or another. That's good. And, and really both of your stories are, um, are very interesting and they, 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 it makes me stimulate a, 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 or makes me think about a question here. Um, for you guys and you know back when I started in the fire service and that's here in Orange County a, a long time ago obviously in 1989 it you really didn't sit down and you didn't talk about bad calls you kind of ignored them and it was actually discouraged to ever have discussions or have the clinicians come to the station and uh, and talk to you and and both of your stories are definitely applicable to what we're doing so I guess my question is what has changed and I know Lee, you talked a little bit about how you got into it, but generally speaking, what is what has changed? Um, pretty much everything. So, you know, back to my basic fire academy, you know, in, in, in you know mid to late '90s, you know, there was zero training on calls, uh, behavioral health, uh, 
anything. I mean, they didn't touch that. That wasn't even a topic of discussion. Um, so looking back at it now, you know, we spent so much time throwing ladders, pulling hose, um, ropes and knots, you know, extrication, all these things that are, you know, high risk, low frequency, but the calls that really impact our members that we respond to every day with a high frequency, um, there's little training. More now, but back when, when I started, probably when you started, there, there, there was very little. Um, so what's changed now, even organizationally since Eric's suicide, we, we've noticed that, you know, this is a, a big issue, mental health, you know, whether it's one call um, an accumulation of calls, uh, it's, it's happened over, you know, a 10, 15 year career. Is it, is it somebody's military experience that's, you know, kind of, you know, resurfacing or what they call pre-trauma? Um, so we're making a more focused effort to reach the recruits early. So now in the recruit academies, you know, they're starting to get a couple hours of behavioral health. We introduce them to Counseling Team International, a couple therapists, a couple people share their stories. Um, last couple of fire, uh, Captain Academies, we also spoke to, to, the, uh, to the supervisors. Um, so initially it's very good to bring this up to the initial recruits because a lot of people we're getting now are coming off of, you know, civilians off the floor with zero experience. They don't even know what they're walking into. At least the, the laterals or the ones prior experience have an idea. Um, you know, um, other ones aren't so fortunate. So um, getting to them early, letting them know, hey, what, you, what you're going to be faced with, and, and these are kind of some of the challenges. This is what you might see, you know, and if you see this, this is where you can go or you can call. Um, and then equally with, with the supervisors and the battalion chief rank and, and the, the captain's academy, letting them know, hey, if you have an employee that's struggling or going through this, you know, don't be afraid to intervene, you know, um, you know, early interventions best, you know, once you identify an issue, don't, don't let it go several months, several years, um, to, to where, you know, it becomes a, you know, full blown wildfire in their head for, you know, lack of, you know, better terms. And, and it's very hard for us at that point to, to, to help them. So I just want to touch up, touch on some things that we're, we're seeing, um, organizationally on what our members are going through. You know, it, it doesn't go unnoticed that, you know, uh, this is a stressful job and, and trauma happens, long shifts. Uh, so what are we seeing out in the field? So um, extremely high levels of stress and anxiety. You know, it's been a pretty tough two years uh, going through a pandemic. And then, mm -hmm. you know, COVID-19, what is it? What isn't it? You know, then that went to, to mass debate, to vaccinations, to, you know, social justice, to burnover. I mean, it just, it just piled on in like in two years time and the workforce is extremely stressed. You know, people weren't going home. People are sleeping in their cars, sleeping in hotels, not seeing their family, you know, um, afraid to, to take, you know, coronavirus home to their family, you know, that, that mm. maybe their family has, you know, immunocompromised or cancer or Crohn's disease. So like, I don't want to get this guy on my family sick. So it was just, it was, it's been a, it's been a, a mess to say the least. I mean, uh, the therapist through the counseling team, any therapist really nationwide is booked out weeks at a time. Um, cause it, it's just such a huge, huge issue right now. So, um, a lot of stress, and anxiety, um, some substance abuse, alcohol abuse, you know, it's typically that subculture in, in the fire service. It, it is what it is. It's always been there. Um, you know, just, you know, we ask everybody to kind of be mindful, you know, of, of their consumption. Um, a lot of marital issues right now, depression. Um, you know, we, we've had discussions. We go back and forth with management and labor on, you know, the forest hires is a hot topic and big issue right now. And you can see how 
some of these issues compound and get worse when you can't when you can't go home. So if you have already have marital issues, you know you're already fighting with a wife. It's been four days. You can't go home. You go home for two days. You're you're at each other's throats. You go back to work, and it's just a vicious cycle. And then and then you want to cope with it. And then you start drinking. And you start doing pills. So it's it's a it's a vicious cycle. We kind of see some of the stats that we get out there, and we're, we're so we can gear some of the training toward that or, or some of our awareness messages. Um, but but it's something that, that that we're obviously looking at with uh, with management constantly. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I see those numbers also. And you look at them, and every year since we've had the numbers, they've continued to go up, and we've mm-hmm. definitely seen a spike in the last two years for all the same reasons that you just said, Lee. So. And, uh, and Rhonda, I'll ask you a, a different question here, and, and you can both chime in on this, but um, what type of resources does OCFA have that's available to employees? So one that I think is really active and well used is the WeFit wellness application. And we did a campaign probably about a year ago during Suicide Prevention Month and encouraged everyone Uh, in the organization and including retirees to download the application um, on their phones so that they have it readily available at any given time. We also created magnets for retirees, sent notifications out to the station because we thought it was very important. This particular application provides us with resources to clinics. It provides us to resources for therapists. It provides simple meditation, self-assessments, videos of previous uh, employees providing testimony. It is a well-used resource and it's free of charge to our employees to utilize. So I I believe that uh, that's one of the basic resources that is simple to use. Most people carry an electronic device with them all the time. So it's resources at their fingertips that is really a a good app that I would encourage any and everyone to download and share it with their families to download as well because those resources are also available to their families. In addition to utilizing TCTI, the Counseling Team International, which is a company that is very familiar with first responders. They deal with police and fire. So those are just a few of the resources that we have. Lee, any more? Yeah, so a couple other ones, obviously the peer supporters. Um, you know, there there's you know 50, 60 uh, peer supporters, you know, suppression, non-suppression uh, throughout the organization. And, you know, the intent with those uh, peer supporters are just to create conversation with the, with the members of the station. And, you know, they all have various backgrounds. Some some have been, you know, uh, divorced. Some are, uh, you know, recovering alcoholics or dealt with anxiety. So it's important to make that connection you know i can't speak to divorce or some of these other issues but if i know a peer supporter that has and i can call them so that's kind of where we have those important connections um if they can't handle those those problems at a very surface level at the coffee table then that's when they would refer them to to tcti um, we also have chaplains available um, non-denominational resource um, there's a chaplain in, in each battalion uh, Chaplain Dave Keen's uh, uh, the lead on those, so they're a great resource. We use them not only for ourselves but for the for the public. If we need assistance on, on a, a bad uh, traumatic call, we, we, we call them out uh, frequently. Uh, another resource we have that not many people know about is Firestrong. Um, it's a website uh, that has 
like uh, Rhonda was explaining, self-assessment tools, you know, hey, maybe you're, you're not sure if you have anxiety, and, you know, you can take a self-assessment tool or same for PTS or, or alcoholism or addiction. And it uh, has all these tiles you can click and you can see, you know, get inf further information if it's something that, that you uh, need to learn about. Um, also, it has all our peer supporters with bios on it. So you can kind of see who's a good fit for you, who, who can you talk to. Uh, another good aspect of it is that this peer support resource is uh, nationwide um, where, where that would come into play where it's where we've seen it utilized is if, you know, a firefighter from, you know, back east is on the uh, west coast here in Orange County vacationing at Disneyland and, and something tragic happens to them or, or there's a, a, some kind of, um, you know, mental health component to an incident. Um, they can look on that list and call us and say, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so from this fire department. You know, my spouse needs help. Um, and that's how that's how we utilize that resource. So that that's um, worked out really well. You know, it, it, we've seen it utilized with, you know, people that have uh, um, had suicide ideation where, you know, we can call a neighboring department and actually they'll go and, um, you know, help, help out. So that's great. Um, and I think that's... Uh, about all the resources yeah and don't forget don't forget simple recovery oh, okay simple recovery is another one that is available for our employees when they have issues it's an inpatient uh recovery center for our employees and i just want to add on the peer supports so not only do we have peer supports all of our lead peer supporters which we now have trained for abc shift headquarters and ecc have all been certified cism certified so we are really dealing with a team of members, uh, peer supporters, who now can engage you, understand why they're engaging you, and have the ability to respond to a crisis. Good. That's great information. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you guys sent out um, bios of the, to all the stations of the peer support. So... If I'm, you know, a firefighter at the station and, and, and I'm thinking I need to call somebody, I can actually go to that list and, and read the bios and see who they are and, and maybe call somebody that I'm more comfortable with. Is that, is that accurate? Is yeah. So, um, the members are on that poster are, are all the peer support leads. So they're kind of in charge of, you know, ABC and then, uh, non suppression. So, um, you'll only have bios for those leads if you want a full bio for the remainder of the team that's on the fire strong website got it okay all those resources is unbelievable that's great we've come a long long ways um and, and my question that i have for you guys after listening to you is is uh, you know i'm a firefighter at the station and where would i start with all these resources you you've given me and and that's a good thing but i almost feel overwhelmed listening to you about there's too much out there for, for me to know which, where to go. You guys have any suggestions for where to start? Yeah. Um, first thing I do is probably immediately, you know, contact, contact a peer supporter, peer support lead. Um, let them know your issues, what you're going through. You don't have to disclose everything. Um, but even, even if you do disclose things that they're bound by, you know, uh, peer support laws, that everything's hundred percent confidential. So they can't disclose anything, um, to the employer, to the battalion chief, it's all um, protected uh, by law. So that's a good starting point. And then from there, you know, given whatever you tell them, then they'll, then they'll, you know, filter you out to some other resource. If it's something that we can't handle over a cup of coffee um, or over a couple talks, then maybe they need some some more counseling. Go, you know, uh, filter them out to the counseling team international. Um, so that's the ba very basic route that that I would go. Um, 
as a, as a firefighter in the station. It's maybe a little more challenging. It's good from, from the firefighter rank to the, the captain rank. No problem. That's the way to go. It, it's a little more tricky, maybe battalion chief and above, because you guys have problems too. I and mean, we've seen it. We've had traumatic events over the you know, last year pandemic burnover where we were all stressed, you know, from the firefighter rank all the way up to the fire chief. So that might not be the right avenue for, you know, executive management or battalion chief and above. So that might be somewhere where uh, at the time we had battalion chief peer supporters through attrition. We've, we've lost them, but that's something that we need to um, bring on because you're going to, you're probably not going to want to disclose your issues to me or to a firefighter, but you're probably going to, want you would disclose that to somebody of equal rank so that's something that we're right. we're looking at and we need to actively recruit you know battalion chiefs and, and, and right. management as peer supporters so two two little different paths but ultimately the, the uh, overall goal should be contact somebody and then we'll get you to the right place right talk to someone um that just to add on to what lee said because we have lead peer supporters each peer supporter has a group of individuals beneath them. So if you don't see someone in that initial rank, in that lead rank that you're not comfortable with, there is a list of peer supporters on the website that you can go to and you can select someone that you are comfortable with to work with you. It could be someone on your shift. It could be someone on a different shift. But we do have a, a variety of individuals that are available for support. Okay, that's good. So if I understand you guys correctly, uh, I, I think the, the easy message here is make sure you contact somebody, number one, and you've given us a bunch of different avenues. It's confidential. It's not going to cost you anything at all. And, and I think the important takeaway and what you guys are saying or what I'm hearing is help is what people need. Make sure you start to get help. And the earlier, the better is, is the key message. Yeah, but, and I would definitely make, make sure they contact somebody versus just going to maybe one of the, you know, fire strong one of these websites you know there's no way for us to track that but if you talk to one of our peer supporters and then you pop up on their radar then they'll depending on what happens they'll they'll follow up follow up with you two weeks you know four weeks later um and and if it you know refer you out if it's something serious then they'll they'll, you pop up on the radar so we need to find out who, who who they are so we make sure we you know get them to proper resources to keep in contact with them that's good. Good follow-up. And, and a little plug, so we need BCs and above, someone to get involved, uh, to contact you guys if they're interested in getting involved. Yes. Okay. We've, we've reached out. I've reached out, actually, to some of the COAs, and um, they have indicated an interest. So when we do our next recruitment, they're the top of my list. <laughs> good. No, and it's also helpful, you know, once we have those battalion chiefs or, or you know other chiefs involved in the program, that they're familiar with how the SALT process goes. So just, you know, so we're all on the same page and we all we're all speaking the same language and know what you know what what do we need to do when there's an issue and getting the help that's that's the key we want everybody to get the help they need because our people are our assets so we need them to be healthy good i like that all right well um i've got one more question that kind of popped up uh based on our last um set of answers that you guys were giving me and and it's a little bit different question but it goes hand in hand with maybe battalion chief or above being involved. So um, how would someone getting involved or deal with, uh, if they were dealing with a problem, if it was maybe an employee that is a 
potentially they're superior. I, I think it's pretty easy, and you guys have given some great examples of the captain sees, you know, maybe the firefighter or the engineer needs some help. But what if the firefighter sees maybe the captain needs some help? Or, like the question that we just talked about, what if the captain says, this battalion chief or division chief is showing some of these signs and symptoms? Is there, I'm sure there's no exact trick, but that's kind of a question that I have for you guys. Uh, what do you guys think about that? So it's, it's interesting that you should say that because during this month we had the BC's observation where the BC observed different signs that was taking place within a firefighter in his or her purview. And with that, because there was a difference, they said something. So the best thing to do is to see something, say something. Make sure that, you know, that person is aware that there is something going on and then refer them to the proper resources. If Even if it's someone above you, you still say, hey, I, I noticed this, here's a phone number, or why don't you reach out to this person? Or even reach out to a, peer, a lead peer supporter who's been trained on how to deal with those members. Yeah, I really like that, it's real straightforward, right? We're, we're all here to be better. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, um, Regardless of rank, you know, we all need help and just engaging and initiating that conversations just is, is, the, is the, just that starting point, get the ball rolling is, is what's important. Um, the other thing too is these, each issue or crisis is different. I mean, I wish our culture is very black and white. We want to, what's, what do I do here? What do I do here? And honestly, when it's from what I've seen in the last several years mm -hmm. of behavioral health, they're all different. Um, there's many different paths. One's not going to work for the other. Um, it's not always a, 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 a great process, but the important thing is, is that you're on the radar, you're talking and we're engaging and we'll find you the correct place to go to. But, um, yeah, and I know we, we get a lot of questions on this from the field or, even, you know, chiefs like, Hey, what do I do what here? Do I do? It's, it's all over the place. One thing doesn't work for the other, but, uh, ultimately, you know, we'll get you to the right place and do the best that we can. Um, and it, it is important that we get some feedback from, from staff, from firefighters, um, on how this process goes because it's, it's it's a new program and we're always we, we want feedback you know so we can you know hey you guys did this good and maybe you guys can do this good and we can kind of tweak the system but uh, yeah that's kind of that's kind of how it is right now yeah that makes sense there's really no playbook and and almost like our jobs on a daily basis it's you can't predict what the next call is going to be and and exactly how to do it but it right. sounds like you guys have the bases down and you know, overall, you guys really, I, I want to start by saying I really appreciate what you've done and what you're doing and, and where we're going. And really, when you stop and think about where we've come from, we've come so far and we've made great progress. All right. Well, that uh, concludes uh, the uh, interviews and the podcast. Unless there's something that you guys would like to, to add, is there anything that I missed or anything you think that'd be beneficial to uh, all of our members? Yeah, I just want to touch on a couple um of our resources that we have that we didn't spend a whole lot of time on is we, we talked about all the very surface level things that we can do, you know, peer support chaplains, you know, uh, counseling teams, some of, if, if it's a more severe issue such as, you know, PTS or, or substance abuse or alcohol abuse, there are some resources available to two members such as the uh, IFF Center of Excellence. It's located in Maryland. Um, they treat, um, you know, PTS, everything, alcohol abuse, substance abuse, and they're typically, 30, 60, uh, 90 day inpatient. Um, we, there have been a couple members that, that have attended. Uh, the drawback is it's so far away from home. Um, so 
we, we started looking at some other resources out here on the West Coast. Some of the ones that we do um, send our members to, uh, First Responder Wellness, which is formerly called Simple Recovery, um, located here in Orange County. Uh, and all these treatment centers, uh, you know, treat first responders only um the big difference and why it's important is, is is that what they're what we call culturally competent um if it was like a regular like eap and you're having a pts issue you know they're going to send you to a clinician maybe it's a, a marriage counselor so being culturally competent is very important when dealing with us because we want somebody to talk to that speaks the same language know what we're going through know what a 72 hour 96 hour shift is and what trauma looks like and how it accumulates and all, all aspects of being a firefighter and first responder. So that's what uh, these two facil- uh, facilities are. Uh, another one that we, uh, our members utilize is, is called Save a Warrior. Uh, it's a, a nonprofit uh, 501c3 organization. Uh, they take a holistic approach to treatment um, through uh, therapy, group therapy, um, EMDR, equine therapy, meditation. It's about a week long, um, a, a week long retreat, and it's thousands of hours of, of therapy in like five days. Um, it's been highly successful. A lot of the veterans, police officers, and, and firefighters attend. Um, so those are our three main resources that that, that we utilize. Um, so in, in the more severe cases. Um, with people struggling that that that's kind of where we've been leaning to it's always up for um discussion there's there's a couple other places that popped up in southern california we, just, we we try to go out and vet these places and talk to the clinicians and doctors um so um yeah i just want to say this month has brought forth a lot of awareness to people who may not have been aware that these issues exist um we put it out there on a platter this week um, and every year annually since the suicide of one of our fire captains we've made it a point to share highlights and videos and stories of individuals who suffer with emotional trauma, psychiatric trauma, post-stress traumatic syndrome who have recovered And the reason for that is to let everyone know that recovery can happen and you can go back to living a normal life and functioning in society the way you are just adapted to doing so. So, you know, we want to continue to promote this program. Like you mentioned earlier, we want to make sure that the support is garnered because our people are our resources. They are our asset and we want to make sure that they are taken care of. All right, and then uh, one additional thing I noticed uh, when we were preparing for this is that a new SOP came out, uh, Critical Incident Stress Management Team. Um, it's new. It's out in the briefing binder. Uh, make sure you guys review it. But just quickly for me, I, I've noticed a change here, and um, they list actually some incidents where automatic notification goes to the peer support team, which is really good. In the past, we've relied on the captains or the supervisors to make notifications. This is just one more loop, it looks like, just to make sure that we don't forget anything. So quickly, I'll read through some of these, and then I'll ask you guys about uh, anything else on this new SOP. But serious multi-victim incidents, major disasters or mass casualty incident, traumatic injury or death of a child, serious injury or death to a civilian occurring during or caused by authority operations, loss of life following an unusual or extremely prolonged 
or emotional, physical uh, energy that's spent by our personnel. Uh, any incident that attracts unusually heavy media attention. Any serious incidents where victims are known personally. And, and any incident that has an unusually powerful impact on any personnel, there should be an automatic notification from ECC to our peer supporters. What else? Is there anything else on this uh, SOP? It looks like it's about nine pages long and pretty detailed. Do you guys, I'm sure you guys were both involved in writing it. Uh, a little bit, yeah. So Jonathan Wilby started it several years back. It finally made it through all the labor groups, and, and, and we're excited that it's out um, and implemented now. Um, it's been vetted through uh, uh, staff at the Counseling Team International as well as us. Um, you know, the, those calls you listed are, you know, they're called the Terrible Tens, 10 calls that are identified that have a high risk potential to develop some behavioral health issues. So we, what we wanted to accomplish is that, you know, hey, if, if any of these calls happen, you know, contact the peer lead so then that peer lead can reach out to those individual crews for a check-in and, and see and see what, um, see how they're doing. Um, also on calls, um, historically in the past, you know, th these traumatic calls fall off the radar. So nobody knows about it. So now you have a member just you know, suffering silence for, you know, a week, two weeks, turns into a year, and then now you find that they can't sleep, they're drinking a cope, and it's just it's just a vicious cycle. So early identify, early uh, intervention is key, um, and that's kind of why we wanted to get to get this out. So Right, and, and just to add to that, one of the things that we did to ensure that uh, you know who your peer leads are is that they have been included on the daily staffing report. So they're on your daily staffing report if you don't know who they are or if you need to contact them. Yeah, that's good. That's good when they updated that. So basically, so nothing slips through the cracks like it has in the past. It's really good. Yeah. Um, once again, I want to thank you guys for coming in and uh, bringing more awareness to this. Um, I think you guys are doing fantastic. And like I said earlier, it's where we were, where we are now. And, and we want to take this to the next level and keep moving this up because this is important. You're taking care of our people. So thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you. Thank Thanks you.